0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Healthy Conversations. I am your host, Dr. Lestasiel Williams. I am so excited about the show today because I have Ms. Sharon Bradley on, the author of Chronic Absenteeism Prevention and Intervention Strategies for Schools, Families, and Communities. So I'm so excited about this today. Thanks for uh, being on the show with me, uh,
1: Sharon. How's it going? Oh, it's going great. Hello, Dr. Williams. Thank you for having me. I am thrilled to be back on your show. Yeah, it
0: was. Oh, look, look. I've been trying to get you. I've been trying to get you for a minute, but I know you're busy. But for those who were not, they, they haven't had a chance. And if you haven't had a chance to listen to the previous episode when we had Sharon on, shame on you. But you have another chance. For those <laughs> of you who
1: they they didn't get a chance to hear who you are, can you just tell them a little bit about yourself? Okay. Um. Uh, my name is Sharon Bradley. Founder and principal consultant of Restorative Flow Educational Solutions, where we specialize in um, supporting organizations and schools in areas such as restorative practices, social emotional learning, parent engagement, and truancy prevention. And that's why we're here today. Oh, look! It's look, y'all.
0: I'm so proud. Let me tell y'all. This my friend. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm I'm just happy to to be able to get into the nuts and bolts of what we're getting ready to talk about because this new reference guide that she has out I really think I had a chance to to look it over and I'm excited about it because for one thing it it just seems so so easy to read and understand so how did you actually come up with the concept of the this absenteeism reference guide
1: oh gosh. Well, um, being in education for over 22 years, I I guess I can start from um, after my transition from alternative high school principal to my current role, uh, one of my main focus areas has always been truancy prevention. And so for the last several years, I've been working with campus and and district leaders. to kind of help guide them to be able to utilize and design um, practical, concrete, innovative ways to increase um, school attendance. Um, and then of course the pandemic came. Mm-hmm. And man, in March, 2020, um, school buildings, they, they closed, their, their doors closed and, and our students left. And um, here it is. Now it is September, what, 2022, and several of our students have yet to return to school.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: it's just um, heartbreaking um, like the United States Department of Education estimates that there are millions, not hundreds of thousands, but millions of students who belong in our schools. and, honestly, no one knows where they are they could be at home they could be at work they could be babysitting Mm -hmm. they don't know and so to answer your question i created the chronic absenteeism reference guide um, because it was the guide that i needed when i was a teacher and principal and dropout prevention coordinator
0: okay okay and
1: look and it comes
0: at a great time being that this is attendance matters month, which you know, I get it. We have all of these different observance months and all that other kind of stuff. And so, but with this, with the number you just said, attendance it, it matters just pretty much every month. Cause you have you said you have millions of of students who are not in anybody's school for whatever reason. And so when you think about it universally what what is pretty much hindered uh, school districts uh, their approach to addressing um, truancy and 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 absenteeism and you know all of that kind of stuff
1: okay well this is not a new issue Um, prior to the pandemic um, the U.S. Department of Education estimated about seven million kids were not in school that was Mm -hmm. before the pandemic Mm -hmm. So can you even imagine the number? No one really knows the number, but I I am believing that it is a number that none of us would be proud of at all. Mm -hmm. So I believe that um, there are two things that hinder schools from addressing absenteeism effectively. Number one, legacy practices. It's kind of like this unwritten way of doing things. We've always done it this way, even though it may not be working. It's just we've always done it. And I think that that stands in a way of truly getting to the root of the problem. And the second um, issue, I believe, is mindset. And that is the mindset that... um, finding our kids getting our kids in school and keeping them in school Mm -hmm. is is one person's job or somebody else's job like no one really wants to own it Mm -hmm. and so i i believe that those are the two things that that hinder schools from really addressing the issue
0: and it's it's funny because a uh I was having a conversation today, just no, no, it was it was yesterday, uh, with a coworker, mm-hmm. and um, we were talking about how really after you know we had these issues before the pandemic, like you said, but after the pandemic, there's a this shift happening in education, and I'm not sure that everyone is on board with with going with that shift. And I'm just afraid that if we don't go with the shift that's happening, um, it's going to be really hard to get those kids back into school because for some, for some reason, they're not showing up and we don't know, you know, that they're just not there. And so I'm glad you, you got this, this guide to just kind of help, you know, give organizations and districts and teachers and, and principals A way to say hey okay let's let's try to think of something different outside of what we've been doing maybe it's Mm -hmm. just not that one person like you said to go find you know that kid or to see why they're not at school so how can your guide and just thinking about why you were sitting writing everything and getting everything together before publication how can your guide help districts across this country look at really, and like you said, effectively tackling this uh, truancy problem and the absenteeism problem that that's, that exists right now?
1: Although the title of my guide is a bit lengthy, but it begins to answer the question. Um, it's chronic absenteeism prevention and intervention strategies for schools, families, and communities. So mm-hmm and that was intentional because this tiered resource, it emphasizes collective responsibilities. You know, we are the adults, whether Mm -hmm. we're educators, whether we're in the community, whether we're parents or whether we're from faith-based organizations, you know, no matter what our roles consist of, you know, getting and keeping our kids in school and having them in school learning is the work of all of us. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know we hear the phrase all the time that it takes a village, but the village must be connected and on one accord. And the village must have the tools and evidence-based strategies to make this happen. So whether you are a teacher, a counselor, an administrator, school nurses, Dr. Williams, (laughs) (laughs) Parents, community agencies or whoever, each each role in, in this guide has tiered tier one, tier two, tier three interventions in order to do this work. Because, you know, like I know what works for one kid may not work for another. Right. You know, and there are various reasons why kids are not coming to school. So, um, yeah, that, that's the whole reason why I wrote the guide. And, and I just hope it helps as many, um, campuses and, and schools and and children as possible.
0: The leaders, if you're listening, there's no working in silos. You shouldn't be working in silos anyway. Every, every, uh, place or every position within the district they are connected in some type of way that's right in order to get these kids in order to find them in order to put them in a place so they can learn and be productive and do whatever needs to be done every position every everything is important and so we can't continue to work in silos i remember uh we were mm, it wasn't It wasn't like right after the, well, we're still in the pandemic, but it was like maybe the year or two afterwards. And we were still, it was when we were still in virtual learning. And some of the kids actually, they had to go work Mm -hmm. because, well, the parent couldn't find a job or guardian, you know, or they, you know, couldn't go to work anymore. We had kids out there working and logged in on school at the same time. That's right, and so it's you can't. It's hard now to say because they were making money to help their families. It's hard to tell the kids, oh, okay, well you have to stop there and you got to come back to school from eight seven thirty in the morning to four o'clock in the afternoon. They're like, no, nah, I really have to make sure my brother and sister eat, my mom and dad eat, you know, whatever it is. So, I think I think your God is on point, and it will really help some. Uh, organizations and I think just get us to think in outside of the box well and I'm yeah. a firm believer that there really isn't a box <laughs> you know if, if I don't I don't believe there's a box because it just you know keeps you from looking out okay what can we do creatively to make sure that these kids get here so when we're thinking about absenteeism uh, truancy all of these things is I want to ask you a question Okay. Is absenteeism a one-lane road or a multi-lane highway?
1: Oh, okay. Um, that's a very very layered question. Mm-hmm. So I guess what we can do is just kind of start with what it is and the, the difference between like chronic absenteeism and truancy. Mm-hmm. Um truancy is more like the number of, number of unexcused absences that a student accrues within a certain period of time defined by local and state laws. Thus, that's why educators kind of emphasize more of the compliance piece and rely on legal interventions. But chronic absenteeism is defined as missing 10% of school for any reason, whether it's excused, unexcused, suspensions, you know, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And this is the one that's a little bit more discreet. This is like the child that misses days here and there. And then months pass. you're like, oh my gosh, this child has missed several days, but it's been more discreet. Mm -hmm. And, and even though their excuse absences or whatever, it still impacts academic and and social development like mm-hmm. greatly. So early identification, early intervention, um, is key when it comes to, um, to these students. So then you may wonder, well, why are kids missing school? It could be for various illnesses. It could be for housing insecurity. We have so many families that are in transition and they're moving from from home to home or from space to space Mm -hmm. and kids are enrolling and unenrolling in different schools. It could be unreliable transportation. I mean, you guys have seen the news. We don't have enough bus drivers in some school districts. Mm
0: -hmm. And then
1: there are families who don't have um, cars or reliable vehicles. And then we also know about all of the mental health concerns that our students are facing, whether it's anxiety, depression, and that stands in the way, sometime of them um, attending school or, or being focused while they're in school. Mm-hmm. And then you touched on this, Dr. Williams, the older siblings, they need to stay at home to provide child care to younger siblings so that the parents can work in order to make sure that they have a roof over their head or food on the table. And um, some kids just need to work mm-hmm. due to families, financial insecurity. And I'm just going to be honest with you. The reason why some kids don't come to school is because of poor school culture, and climate.
0: Dad, look, let me, t- look, look, okay. See, I I, mm. I wasn't, wasn't going to go there. I went there. But since you brought it up, <laughs> can you go a little further into you know, that piece, the the culture and the climate? of school? And it's more than just, okay, making sure, you know, the kids have a pet rally or whatever. It, it goes far beyond that.
1: Yeah, it's you know, um, creating a space where kids want to be rather than where they have to be, um, making sure that the space or the school is welcoming, mm-hmm. you know, making sure that kids feel safe, you know, safe to make mistakes or kids feel that they're not being judged for who they are when they come into the space, that just being who they are is enough. Mm-hmm you know, um, instead of focusing so much on compliance, I think the focus should be more on connection. Research says that when kids are connected to trusted adults, when they're connected to their peers, when they're connected to mm-hmm. clubs and activities, when they're connected, they're more likely to come to school.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and, A lot of it, you know, and we can talk about this all day. But a lot of it is, uh, I'll I'll tell people all the time. Look, it goes back to money. Um, that they can't really go into depth on. Okay, how am I going to get this kid involved? And it's like most people aren't concerned because they just like, I, you're not at school, I'm not getting pay for you not being in school I need you at school there's no in between trying to figure out okay well let me find out why this kid doesn't want to be at school why why did why don't they feel like they belong so they they can come
1: mm. and so
0: I'm, I'm I'm yeah I'm not gonna and go it's there it's
1: not always <laughs> what we say it's it's through our actions like this- do our actions communicate care You know um, that we want our students here with us. I I feel that, you know, when our kids are with us, they can learn. When our kids are with us, we can take care of them in our own special way. And so, having those safe, supportive learning environments. You know, something as simple as greeting kids by name. You know, getting to know them outside of you know, English, math, science, social studies. Yes. The, the, the core four—that that is very important and we want to make sure our kids are learning. However, um, I, I just believe that school culture and climate plays a huge role as to, um, how we can increase our attendance rates.
0: Yeah. And, and, and this is just my opinion on on that now. Being that we've been in this pandemic for a minute, it seems harder and harder to get the adults to, you know, figure out the culture and climate campuses. Because there's there if whether they want to admit it or not, or whether they even recognize it, they're stressed out. They're, you know, burnt out and mentally they're not there. And so you know, it's one of those things trying to get the adults to figure out how to help the kids and the kids understand how to help them. And it's just a whole gamut of things that, you know, come into play. And I think it's affecting, um, how we're uh, approaching, like you said, the, the, how to get the kids involved and how to get them to want to be at school.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, You know, I know it seems kind of corny, but and people, I believe, sometimes kind of overuse this. But it is. It's all about relationships. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you think about it, you have to make it real for people because as educators or just any employee, people don't leave the job because of the job. They leave the job because of the people. Right. And same thing going the other way you know although it is tough it is tough being an educator right now but several people are staying in education and they're staying in their schools because of the relationships that they have with Mm -hmm. one another Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and if that kind of transcends kind of transfers to the kids when kids have positive strong relationships with other peers or positive strong relationships with their teachers they'll want to go to class they'll Mm -hmm. want to learn but when they don't have those positive relationships they don't want to go to class and guess what that teacher can be can teach algebra better than anyone in the world but that kid is not going to learn just because there's no relationship there
0: all that kid hears is oh wang yeah. they're not hearing anything that the teacher is saying. That. So I agree it's, it's about those positive relationships and just getting that kid. If you can't get that positive relationship um going within your class with all of your students, I don't care even if If that kid is one, that, and this drives me crazy too, uh, another teacher had an issue with them. And so this year they're going to tell you. And so now you already have these preconceived things about the student. Even outside of all of that, if you can't get that positive relationship, you know, at the beginning, regardless of how that kid is, it's going to be downhill from there. And that kid, they might come to school because they like miss so-and-so, but they don't like you. So they're going to skip your class then go mm-hmm. to the next one and then it just, they're not, you know, learning anything. So it's up to, and I, and I'll ask this question, just, you know, just kind of like as a side, you know, side note, how much of it is it on, I know the teachers have responsibility and getting those students to, you know, forming those relationships, but sometimes they may not have the tools uh, to, you know, get that going. How much of that do you think is on the leadership? To kind of assist with
1: with that. Gosh, again, I I believe in this more collective piece. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's more weighed for more weight for one individual to carry right. than others because it's so easy to to pass the buck. Mm-hmm. Like for instance, um, in the guide, like things that teachers can do Mm
0: -hmm. you know they
1: can recognize students for good or improved attendance rather than you know perfect attendance Mm -hmm. or instead of just calling home when the student is doing something not so good what about those positive phone calls home i mean that shocked parents that shocked the kids Mm -hmm. and they were like oh okay miss jones calling mama telling mama that i'm doing something right you know that that can serve as a motivator.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: like for counselors. I think that think about it. M- most kids miss school when they have test days. Okay. I don't know I don't know if you ever noticed that or anything I, because they may have test anxiety yeah. or yeah. or whatever. So counselors can teach those test-taking strategies or coping strategies to help kids manage stress prior to testing. You know, administrators can do home visits or, like you say, um, within existing structures or professional learning structures, you know, help build capacity, give teachers and counselors and school nurses and so the tools that's need and strategies needed in order to be able to build those healthy relationships. Because here's the thing, my undergrad was in special education Mm -hmm. and I don't recall any of my professors. Now they will tell you, hey, the key to a kid's heart or the key to learning is relationships, relationships, relationships. Mm -hmm. But I don't remember one professor teaching me step-by-step how to build a relationship.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: You know? I guess the the assumption is if we're go- we're going to be in a class together for a semester or we're going to be together for a year and it's just going to happen. But, you know, like I know that relationships take work. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's the little things that you do every day that build trust, that build connection, that build support in order for that relationship to grow. So I I think if you to answer your question, I think it will help for administrators to be able to share exactly different ways as to how to do it rather than assuming that it's just going to naturally happen organically. And in most spaces, it happens organically, but sometimes not so much. Okay, that's 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 good stuff right there. So.
0: I want you to let everyone know before we, you know, get off um, how they one can um, purchase your guide to kind of help them. And then also how they can reach you if they would like to, you know, discuss things further with you kind of go. How about getting you to consult with their organization? Um, Can you give give them that information?
1: Absolutely. Um, The guide, Chronic Absenteeism uh, Prevention and Intervention Strategies for Schools, Families, and Communities, can be purchased on Amazon. It can be purchased on npr.org, that's National Professional Resources Incorporated. And then um, also on social media, I can be reached uh, on Twitter at S Bradley on fire. Um LinkedIn Sharon D. Bradley and on Instagram underscore the restorative flow. F-L-O. You guys heard
0: it. I know the information. You know, we kind of went quick through it, but let me tell you guys, when we when Sharon and I have conversations, it's off. All- you know the podcast look they can go a long long time but we just had to give you just a little bit but if you want to learn more about how to be how to better serve your community how to better serve your students that are on your campus reach out to Sharon to get more information purchase the guide I promise you it is going to help you and help your organization so until next time stay healthy